Welcome to PhD with Women on It Hack the Future. My name is Beata Young, and today's PhD Positivity Hack delivered will be by our lovely guest who's been with us a year ago, Carrie De Phillips. Topic Why Public Relations is Important to Your Brand. Episode 61 six starts here. Let me remind you this is a grassroots community that focuses on women on it an inclusive forum for women in technology, startups, and female leaders who are supported by men as well. And I bring heart to that hassle because empathy is my motto. And empathy is critical when you are promoting your brand with public relations. Before we dive into the topic, let me mention a few highlights. Congratulations to the overweight person best friend, David Medansky. Insightful book, Break the Chains of Dieting, is a finalist in the Eric Hoffer Award category. Congratulations, David. He was our guest uh, a couple of months ago. It's great to see you hacking the future. Yesterday was the fashion industry's biggest night, the Met Gala. This reminds me of one of our favorite designers and previous PhD guest, Renny Morsh. You can, you can visit her website at www.rennymorsh.com. See it in the comment. Wales, 35 years old, iconic Hay Festival has a new CEO, Julie Finch, former Cheltenham Trust CEO. Congratulations, Julie. Congratulations also to our favorite crowdfunding platforms, Indiegogo's new CEO, Becky Center. And Indiegogo is currently teaming up with Branded for a product pitch competition. All the best, Indiegogo, Branded and Becky. And great news, everyone. eToro has launched a new female leadership smart portfolio. Way to go, eToro and Headbubber. In today's episode, let's go back to learning about why public relations is important to your brand. As women on it, it can be tough to get ahead and increase visibility in a male-dominated industry. It can be even tougher to break through the noise when you're trying to build your brand and establish yourself as a thought leader. The key is PR, public relations. When you're a effectively utilize PR, you show people that you're not just a woman in tech, you're one of the top tough leaders in tech, period. No matter you, your, what your gender or experience is, every business wants a professional identity or brand that signifies quality and excellence. So how do you build a reputation for being an expert in the, your industry? Due to viewers' demand, we are bringing back our lovely guest for this week's Positivity Hack Delivered, Kari, sister in SEO and CEO of one of the top SEO agencies in the English-speaking world, The Content Factory. It is a digital PR agency that specializes in SEO and social media marketing. TCF also offers white label services to other agencies, in addition to corporate and individual trainings in SEO, content strategy, social media marketing, and digital PR. They have been featured in various media outlets for their digital marketing expertise and work culture. 
Curry was recently named one of the top three women in the industry by Serpstat, a limit-breaking female founder by Thrive. NBC News referred to her as CEO who takes job perks to the max due to the fact that all of the, the content factory employees work from home or wherever there is Wi-Fi. We are working from beautiful Turks by um, Caicos, uh, beautiful by nature islands. Uh, the Wi-Fi might be patchy, but bear with us because we've got some great insights from Kari. Kari, where are you in the world today? I am coming at you live from Amsterdam. From Amsterdam, I know you've spent some time uh, away in Italy, so I'm keen on learning what's the branding of Italy versus in Amsterdam. Maybe let's start from that because there is quite a lot of PR by both countries. For sure. Uh, so uh, to start, one is a country, one is a city. So there, there are different PR strategies regarding that. Um, Amsterdam, uh, I mean, it's known for all kinds of things. You've got the red light district, but all of a sudden, uh, as of I think two years ago, uh, tour guides are no longer able to give tours in the red light district. You can see that they're starting to discourage that type of tourism, right? Uh, similarly, there is uh, legislation that's been proposed out here in Amsterdam uh, that would change the rules of the cannabis coffee shops uh, so that they no longer allow anyone over the age of 18 to come in and partake of their goods and services. Um, but it would, it would be like limited to residents of the Netherlands and you would have to show an ID card. Uh, Italy, there's, there's so much to market there across that whole country. And I, I got to see five major cities, but there's so much more to see. And I, I Italy, I guess, has its own reputation uh, for for all of the right reasons. It was wonderful when I was out there. I can't wait to see more of the country. Unmuted. A very good point, Kari, about uh, you know country versus city, but also we know that Italian cities are very picturesque. Rome is well known for beautiful Colosseum. Uh, Amsterdam is known for Red District. But I'm wondering, um, can certain tools or things or, you know, strategies be applied to cities as well as to people? Sure. Whether um, you're running PR campaigns for people, places or brands, uh, the, the essential strategies remain the same. And actually the tactics are basically the same as well. Uh, it's more about understanding who you're trying to reach as the target audience, who, um, like what media outlets uh, are, or what media rather are, is that target audience consuming? And then who's writing for, producing for, creating for essentially uh, these media outlets? those are the people that you need to pitch no matter what story you're pitching again if you're a person if you're a, a place or if you're a brand process remains the same then it's about creating a pitch that uh, these media producers uh, would be interested in because they're 
viewers, readers, listeners, whatever, would be interested in that story. So essentially, uh, the, the art and craft and practice of PR is identifying your target audience, uh, identifying what media that target audience consumes, then identifying who produces that media, and then creating you know, a, a, cuff, a custom pitch for each of these media producers that's relevant to their audience in the effort of you know, these media producers creating media about your brand or mentioning your brand and stories that they write. So like for my team in the last year, the last six months, that has included everything from full uh, full pro Forbes profile piece uh, for a CEO of Hollywood, one of our clients, to um, quotes from brand ambassadors uh, via another one of our clients, uh, Northwest Pharmacy, commenting on anything from asthma to you know uh, birth control to uh, any number of things that relate to the health profession, having a brand ambassador can help you get that message across faster than in most cases, like a CEO, but that's more high level. <laughs> oh, I, I think you're on mute. I can't, I couldn't hear you there. Oh my goodness, again, sorry about that. We have a lovely gentleman here cleaning the pool and I'm trying to make sure that everybody can hear me uh, without interruptions. So question, um, Carrie, was you started as a person, you know, nobody knew about you and you had to start your content strategy, your uh, product. How would you advise other females how to start branding yourself as an industry expert? Sure. So the, I mean, sounds easier. I mean, it's easier said than done, right? But step one is to actually become an expert in your industry, or at the very least, knowing what you're talking about. And, you know, women in particular tend to be plagued by uh, this logical infallacy called imposter syndrome, where you probably have the skills, you're probably better than most people that you know, or even in your industry, but imposter syndrome is like, well, I don't know 100% of everything that there is to know about this particular subject. Uh, so I'm not an expert. I, I don't have that credibility. When realistically, like, there's a study that's been done, and I can't quote it off the top of my head, but it, it's something like 70% uh, of men will apply for a job if they have 50% of the qualifications for that position is listed in the job description. But like 80% of women won't apply at all unless they check off 100% of those boxes. So like... It, Everyone starts from nowhere, 
my, my cat is very excited about getting out the window, excuse me, for, for the meowing in the background. But everyone starts from zero, right? You, and as you progress in your career, as you progress in your knowledge base, you get further and further and further away from the zero mark. Basically, nobody ever hits the 100% mark. Um, so if you understand that, and if a reporter is looking for quotes on an area that you have knowledge in, then by all means, comment on your area of knowledge. You don't have to necessarily know 100% of the given topic. If you can answer the question, answer it directly and answer it with authority and expertise, then you're likely to get quoted. And then all of a sudden you've been quoted in like, I've been quoted in the New York Times. Um, my first year or so in business, I was on CNN. I was uh, in an article on CNN.com. And then I went on national TV <laughs> on CNN to talk about the same thing. And what I was talking about was how difficult it was for uh, agencies, PR agencies, content writing agencies, agencies in the digital marketing world to find talent, to find and hire writing talent specifically. Uh, that's still an ongoing struggle. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in 10 years, that hasn't changed. Um, but it, it, then I can say I've been featured on CNN. And I, I have been. I got the backlink from CNN to my website. That helped with my website search engine optimization or SEO. So uh, that's my longish short answer. <laughs> that's easier said than done as you say um and again we are going to the quotation that you said on our phd before just do it so yep. exactly there is no better moment but now um carrie well you are quite lucky you got picked up by all these big big names and so uh, media outlets um how did you do that what was it so the article was basically about how difficult it is people uh to find people with talent um and that was exactly the moment that they want to interview you yeah so um let me start by saying that uh public relations is easier to like do yourself than you would believe nobody knows your brand's messaging better than you do, right? Probably nobody has more expertise in your company in your given area than you do as the CEO or executive. Um, so uh, there's a service and it's free. It's called HARO, H-A-R-O. And it's short, it's short for help a reporter out. Their website is uh, helpareporter.com. You can sign up for these free alerts and they will send you three a day that will, they're essentially like 100 to 200 reporter queries in your inbox, <clears throat> excuse me, in your inbox each day. So what does that look like? That looks like a three times a day email that has 50 plus media queries. What's a media query? That's a journalist who's looking for an expert source to comment on a specific topic. They tell you the topic, they give you the questions, and all you have to do is respond to that reporter's query, answering the questions, and you're all set to go. Um, 
my team has an average of a 30% hit rate on pitches. So 30 to 40, which is more than double the industry average. Uh, if you get your messaging down, it's really easy to pitch your expertise in a way that the journalist is going to then incorporate into their articles. Now you get published or they publish the article, you're quoted, you're cited as the CEO or expert source at insert link here. In more cases than not, that results in a backlink to your website, which means as people are reading the article that you're quoted in, they click on that link to your website and ideally make a purchase afterward. At the very least, you're increasing your brand awareness, right? After that, you're able to post the as featured in all over your website. That increases conversion rate. That increases credibility with your target audience, with people who are reading your website. Well, this person has been featured. They, they must be good. And in a lot of cases, journalists will only cover you know the good. Well, you de um, you definitely uh, made it, uh, Carrie. Uh, I remember you were talking on our previous um, uh, live stream about hero. We have got uh, some hero moment because we need to help a woman uh, out here moment. We need to answer some of the lovely comments and questions. We've got Agatha Bellon uh, commenting. A fabulous background data. Great to see our sister in SEO carry back on PhD. Absolutely. Great in to be back. Yes. <laughs> Great to see Carrie again. Excited to learn something new from her. Lovely to see you in Loving in Pain again. Agatha Bellon. Carrie, what makes an ideal brand ambassador? Are they always independent third parties or can they be staffed to? That's a great question. Um, it, it, the answer in Pierre is always it depends. <laughs> um, so, for example, when we're working with um, a, a product or service that maybe has a medical slant to it. So, for example, for five years, the content factory represented Astroglide, which is the, the U.S. is the United States uh, second largest personal lubricant brand. Um, you can imagine that a, not a lot of writers are waking up every morning and saying like, Ugh, what story can I write about personal lubricant today? You know, like how, how can I come up with a fresh take on this? It just, it, it's, those stories are few and far between. So we found a brand ambassador and in the case of Astroglide and several of our other clients, we find multiple brand ambassadors. So in that instance, we're looking for specifically somebody who has an MD, like is a medical doctor or is a PhD. So we had an, at one point, an OBGYN. So like, a, a, you know, a, somebody who delivers babies. Uh, we had a, an actual like general pr practitioner doctor. And we also had a PhD who was a sex and relationship therapist. Now, all of a sudden, does a reporter have a question about like healthy relationships? We have a brand ambassador with a PhD and the doctorates make a difference because reporters are more likely to quote uh, brand ambassadors who have those letters behind their names, because often the editors 
their bosses will not publish content unless it's from like a board certified expert. So having a relationship with a board certified expert, whether that's a PhD, MD, OBGYN, really opened up uh, a lot of opportunities for stories for us. Are we talking about postpartum depression? Are we talking about erectile dysfunction? Are we talking about um, uh, ST, STIs or STDs? Are we talking about, you know, basically if it's in the medical field pertaining to sex or relationships, we had that whole sphere covered. So we had experts that we could pitch and eventually, and it didn't take much time, instead of sending out HERO queries, looking for experts, the journalists would just contact us directly. They were like, hey, we know you've got this stable of, uh, you know, MDs, PhDs. I've got a story that I need a quote on. Can you can you give me somebody that I can work with on this? The answer is yes. Got to cite the client, right? Um, we have had similar success to your point or to the point of the question with uh, internal brand ambassadors, but really you don't call those brand ambassadors. We call them like uh, subject matter, internal subject matter experts or SMEs. So for example, uh, we had, uh, we have a client uh, who has a killer HR lady, human resources department. That lady is great to answer an email. We have reporter queries for her. She turns them around in an hour. We've gotten her in Forbes. We've gotten her in Fast Company. We've gotten her so much media placement. And also, again, the brand is quoted. We're getting backlinks for SEO. We're uh, getting uh, increased brand awareness through all of this activity, but it's through the HR department because there are a ton of questions about HR that reporters have, um, you know, hiring, firing, best practices, what happens if this happens during an interview, you name it, it's been asked, and we have an expert for that. And what's great about that from a, from a like earned media perspective is that most HR ladies or people, rather most, most HR people, this one happens to be a lady, uh, don't have a PR team. They don't have somebody filtering them these, these questions. So as a result, uh, we were able to get maybe 50 extra backlinks and media placements over the course of the year for this particular client, just through their HR person who was responsive in responding to uh, our, our media queries. Similarly, with the legal department, there are tons of lawyer questions. There are tons of um, questions for CEOs about starting companies, company culture, et cetera, accountants. So like if your company is big enough, you probably have resources who can respond, like internal resources. You don't necessarily have to go the brand ambassador route. Um, as long as you have somebody credible who can answer questions, you can get media coverage, which again, helps with brand awareness, helps with your search engine optimization, ranking number one in Google, um, which is like how I got into this industry. Um, I, in order to be great at SEO, you have to be at least good at PR. And that kind of sent me down this rabbit hole, but I, I love PR. 
Anyone can do it. It's easy in this day and age to reach out to a journalist on social media and say, hey, I've got this really cool company doing awesome things. Uh, you can find basically anyone's email address if you Google hard enough, <laughs> you know, like there are, we are closer than ever to being able to directly reach people who could have massive impact on our brands. It's just people aren't people aren't reaching out to those journalists and saying, hey, I've got this very innovative product that's solving X, Y and Z problem. Um, and I'm here to encourage everyone listening. If you've got something cool going on, follow the journalists who cover your industry. Start liking their stuff. Get on their radar. And when you're ready, send them a pitch in one way, shape or form. And Beata, I know um, we've got, I have some resources, free resources that we can link to um, in the in the notes, uh, including a Hero Pitch, a complete guide to Hero. I've got a Hero Pitch template. You just copy, paste, modify. And this template has generated like over $10 million worth of media coverage for our clients. So I'll, I'll do my best to make it easy for y'all. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. So talk about it, talk about your product, talk about your services, and don't be afraid to talk about it on various platforms, because just before we joined today's stream, it's May the 4th, so it's the Star Wars Day, and we were just talking about how good it is to have some fun and post a picture uh, with the theme of May the 4th, uh, which I uh, was happy to do so with my husband guidance, just to make sure that there is a good light, a good picture being taken and talk about the Star Wars day and talk about today's live stream. So um, you talk about the tools that everybody, uh, everyone can use and it's easy to do. There are some micro actions um, that we were talking about as well, Kari, uh, which is everyday small action, actionable points to take and to remind yourself about. What would you say are these? Okay, so I'll start with a story about how I landed like my idol as my client at the content factory. So there's this fantastic woman. Her name is Cindy Gallup, and she is the biggest badass in the advertising world. Um, she headed a like big agency or the New York office of it. Um, her apartment is so killer that P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, uh, Nelly, and somebody else used her apartment as their set for their music video called Nasty Gal. You can look that up. So the, the article that I first found was an ad age and it was titled, Cindy Gallup doesn't give an F what you think. And I said, well, this sounds like required reading. <laughs> Let me scroll on through this. And so I did, and I was convinced that this lady, if I could get her as my mentor, I would just, I, I, I will have reached some sort of pinnacle in my career, right? So then how do I go about this? It started with me just following her on Facebook, following her on LinkedIn, uh, following her on Facebook. She has 
public uh, profiles on all of these. And actually, Cindy is so awesome that she has two necklaces that she likes to wear during interviews. One is a Facebook like that Facebook sent her for being a Facebook influencer. And then the other one, I, I forget the order of operations here, but then Twitter sent her a, a Twitter necklace. She wears them both at once. <laughs> and I, I mean, that's next level for me. But so I followed her on these social platforms and on LinkedIn in particular, um, it seems like the best way to make these types of connections. Um, she mentioned something about, I forget. She sent an article, she shared an article and I had shared it with my network over at Sisters in SEO. It's a Facebook group that has become the world that I created um, along with my co-founder, Samantha Pennington. Uh, but in just like three years, it's become the world's largest network of women in a highly male-dominated industry. Um, so I mentioned, hey, I shared this on Sisters in SEO. Uh, and the ladies are, they're, they're loving it, I got to tell you. And she was like, funny, my new or my website and project business, Make Love Not Porn, we need some SEO help. And through that, uh, she became my client. I ended up with my idol as my client. And what's even more astounding to me is that she has become a brand evangelist for the content factory. So if you like scroll through my LinkedIn or my, um, my Instagram, you'll see that I've got snapshots of like Cindy Gallup promoting the content factory and saying that I'm brilliant and like, you can't buy that kind of publicity. That's relationship building. And at the end of the day, that's what PR is. It's creating relationships with people to get them to talk about your product or your service or yourself. Right? So these, uh, these micro actions, certainly I set the intention, you know, to get a little woo, if you'll have me, <laughs> I set the intention of, I really want Cindy Gallup to be my mentor. And then I, you know, took the micro action of just, you know, keeping up to date on what she was doing, sharing her content with my audience. And then eventually I get there. I never sent her a pitch email. I never sent her a proposal or anything until she asked for it. Um, and having that relationship is like really transformed my career. I've got Cindy Gallup in my corner and how badass is that? But beyond that, it gave me the encouragement or the, it, it, it reassured me that these micro actions, you know, follow that journalist, start liking their stuff, add them to your Twitter list. Over time, those micro actions can have a huge impact in ways that you can't see unless you start consistently doing these things. And they don't even take a lot of time. Just a little gumption. Well, I'm jealous now, Kari, because uh, I think I, I've i been in that sphere. I've been following uh, Cindy for, <laughs> for a long time. Uh, ever since I visited Web Summit and I was told about Cindy, I've heard uh, how much stir she caused when she came to Tech Opener in Berlin in 2014. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I've got to learn about her. And ever since 
um, I think together with my husband, who was a guest on our Positivity Hack Delivered, and who said that actually the person he would like to have private breakfast with would be Cindy. We will go back to that question, Carrie, later on, but we talked about microactions, we talked about the payroll and tools that we can do every day to enhance our leadership um, in the uh, global sphere. Right, what are other things that we can do as experts? How did you learn things or tools um, every day? Was it just scrolling through Facebook or where did you get all your knowledge from? Um, common sense, to be honest with you. It's just like good old fashioned common sense when it comes to relationship building. Uh, do you want something from somebody? Well, do you have something to offer? If it's not money and the content factory does not work in the paid space, so we don't do any ads whatsoever. Um, we're, we're purely organic placement and marketing. Um, so in the absence of not wanting to spend dollars, then what do you do? You can build goodwill. You can come up with a good story and then communicate that story to the right person in the right way. Um, it's, it, there are certainly courses and, and I actually have a PR course <laughs> uh, that, that trains, that can train anybody and how we do things at the content factory, exactly how we train our PR representatives. Um, but it's, you'd be surprised how much you don't need, you certainly don't need a degree in public relations. It probably helps. I don't have one. I'm doing just fine. Uh, so is my team. In fact, nobody on my team has a public relations degree. Um, because again, it, it goes back to relationship building, authenticity, having a good story to tell in the first place. If you don't have a good story to tell and you don't know how to package that story and like not necessarily an elevator pitch, but in a way that's going to get, um, you know, the person speaking to your target audience interested because they believe that the target audience will be interested and it'll lead to more clicks on their end, um, then, you know, reach out to me. I've got consulting hours. Um, but uh, the nuts and bolts of PR are surprisingly simple. It's a lot about follow through. It's a lot about having either a great product, a great service, expertise, story, any number of these things can, can get you major, me major media coverage. Um, beyond just like a pop of media coverage though, it, like PR is a long game. Um, I've worked with several journalists for more than a decade, the same journalists. I've watched their career progress. They've seen my progress. It's, we give each other high fives sometimes. It's like, ah, see, you're slaying it over there, sister. Good. You know, um, and, and if you're only after, if your sole purpose is what's in it for me and you operate from a position of, I want media coverage. Are you not going to give it to me right away? Why aren't you sharing this on Facebook? You know, and, and it's like, well, what's in it for the target audience? What's in it for 
what's what's in it for the listeners what's in it for right like reshaping your thinking to i have this to offer and this is interesting this offer should be interesting because xy it helps xyz it does xyz kind of reverse engineering the benefits of what you have to offer to position it in a way that um you can package it in a pitch that will make somebody say, oh, you know, I don't think my audience knows about this or that this is an option or that this is on the market. I like for sure I'm going to share this or like, oh, this company is going about this particular area of their business in a very innovative way, whether it's vertical integration, whether it's um, their chance. I'm sending a lot of NDAs uh, in the course of signing these contracts. So I'm trying to like not be too specific here, but like a lot of companies have like very unique, unique ways that they go about things. And even if you can't give away the secret sauce as to what that particular differential is, it is a way of um, distinguishing that company from, you know, the com competition. Right. Um, it's time to go back to our lovely audience today and helping uh, a woman out. Uh, we have got Mary. Sorry, Mary, to keep you on the tender hooks. Hi, Beata and Carrie. Lovely to see you. Hopefully hearing some questions from you. If you have any, please do not hesitate. Next question is Olga Vasenia. How best do you control who speaks to the media in a corporation? and stop folks just freelancing their personal brand through the likes of Hero Curry. It's a difficult one. Did we lose? Hi, I'm back. Oh, great. Hi. <laughs> oh, you're speechless. Uh, all that question made you speechless. No, no. So uh, I, I read Olga's question, how best do you control who speaks to the media in a corporation and stop folks just freelancing their personal brand through the likes of Hero? Another great question. Um, so that's kind of a top-down conversation uh, that the executive at this company or a manager should have with the people who are freelancing, because this can be a huge problem. Um, it's one thing if... I, it really comes down to the company contracts. Let me start there. So does your company have a policy that uh, employees are not to speak to the media about their personal expertise unless they run it through, let's say, the PR team or run it through the executives or run it through management, what have you, right? In the absence of that, uh, I see what you mean about people at the company going rogue on Hero. Well, if nobody else is helping to raise their profile, then why don't they raise it themselves? I understand that. Uh, certainly, if I knew that I could get myself quoted in major media outlets uh, and the company's HR or PR team wasn't doing it for me, then maybe I, may, I might take those liberties. Having, it's really important in those cases when you're running up against those like internal rogue assets, I'll call them, you have two options. You can either loop them in 
to the process and company messaging to make sure that if and when they are speaking to the media, they're speaking consistently with brand messaging uh, and, and the right talking points. And, you know, hopefully they've had some training because that goes a long way. Uh, second, uh, it, if you don't want that, then there should be a company policy in place to where if you are speaking to the media about your expertise, you're not referencing the company name. It should be very binary, one or the other, because if that if you don't have those clearly delineated policies, if somebody goes rogue, so to speak, uh, and they say something off brand, that company is going to be held accountable for that. And then they've got to pay for potentially crisis communications, which is at least double the normal fee. Do you know what I mean? You want to avoid crisis communications as much as possible. And if you don't know what your rogue people are speaking on or speaking about, speaking to, uh, you're opening yourself up to, to some problems. Um, so to answer how do you control it is you set those expectations. And if people do want to raise their profile, um, you know, hey, I can help you raise your profile. Let's get on the same page as to what the talking points are, what you're allowed to talk about when speaking as a representative of the company and, you know, maybe a couple other things down the line. But those are the most important points. And like with clear communication with regard to expectations of, you know, speaking to the media or, or not, as the case may be, uh, hopefully that should get those rogue people under control. Absolutely. I think it also boils down to the fact that it's much easier for a company to have clear structure and clear rules set up from the beginning, uh, rather than, you know, you're not being sure whether you can talk about your work or not and how you can talk. Because I have to tell you that uh, attending these um, conferences, I met some few, very few women, and especially those working for big corporates, uh, they would always answer to me that, no, I can't give you an interview. I have to ask my bosses and yep. they didn't allow me. So that was very difficult to even get their view, their personal view, because the easiest way, actually, I would say, Kari, uh, and this was when I was working with Geek Girls Carrots, this huge organization for women in tech started in Poland. So the easiest point that we were always making was say, in my opinion, in my view. So it's really your personal opinion, your view, not something that company thinks. This is something that you have a view on. Yeah, but at the same time, if it if somebody qualifies a statement by saying, in my view, and then they're cited as Carrie DePhillips, uh, host of the Workationing podcast, then if I say something that, in my opinion, like doesn't jive with what like the Workationing podcast is a brand or something uh, is not on board with the, the brand name as cited as the you know, co-host of employee of CEO of pick your poison pill, um, the brand is going to suffer even if it's in my opinion. 
because it's in your opinion as the expert of we're at this company, right? Absolutely. So, so I'd really just, I'd really have clear corporate uh, communications policies in place to protect against those rogue situations. Right. Uh, Olga uh, made a comment. Got it. An outbreak of management is required to avoid rogue PR. Thank you, Carrie. That's a good, good, very good point. Um, no, we had have quite a big media coverage now of uh, one of the, I suppose, uh, biggest uh, uh, case in the UK between uh, Amber Heard, uh, who recently fired her PR team. What's your take on that, Carrie? I mean, I'm I, I haven't been following the case too closely, so let me let me say it that way. Uh, I it's impossible to not uh, see the internet sentiment, <laughs> and it, it's like not so much leaning toward Amber Heard. Um, but you know, O.J. Simpson was declared innocent, and and oh. Uh, large percentage of the public mind, he definitely uh, committed those murders, right? Whether, I mean, he he certainly by law did not, but like, there's always a question, did he? Right? And I think um, in, in that case, and probably in the case of Amber Heard, she's not, she reportedly fired her, um, her PR agency because she did not like the, uh, the tone of the stories the quality of the coverage, if you will, of what was getting out in the media. And um, I don't think that a new PR agency is necessarily going to turn that around. <laughs> it's it's a tricky, tricky moment. And uh, I um, wouldn't like to be in their shoes. Whoever is coming next, uh, definitely it's uh, tarnished the um, brand for Amber. But as well, I think for for the other party, let's not go into that. We've got another question from Agatha. Isn't the problem with Hero the fact that it is so often only once U.S. citizen residents commenting even on global business matters? Carrie, what's your experience with that? I am so glad that that question got asked because I totally forgot to bring up the non-U.S. centric option. Okay, so. Hey, Ro, if you're international, uh, often they don't care if you're an international company. Sometimes the the queries, the questions that the reporters are asking are U.S. specific, in which case that becomes um, or only available uh, via U.S. markets, in which case that's clearly an issue. Um, in the U.K. and Europe, also in the U.S., uh, but quoted uh, is is a little broader. You spell that Q-W-O-T-E-D, quoted with a W. Um, response source is UK and EU specific, responsesource.com. And then you have, if you're in New Zealand or Australia, source bottle, source bottle, dot, dot, C-O, dot A-U, source bottle, Google that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about the URL, um, but that covers uh, a pretty broad spectrum. Uh, I'm not aware of any um, like Asian.
specific uh, or Asia specific sources um, for reporter queries, um, nor am I aware of any uh, in Latin America or Africa. So uh, still, we've got a ways to go. I'm hoping that, uh, I mean, these, these resources are so um, valuable to both people like you and me who might be responding to HERO response source quoted whatever queries, um, but also to the journalists who in a pinch really need some good quotes. And this is in many cases the fastest way to, um, to reach out to a broad range of people who might be able to legitimately answer your questions. Right, we've got uh, 10 minutes left to the end of our show, actually less than that. So if you have any questions, please remember to use this opportunity to speak to Carrie or join her network of Sisters in SEO on Facebook. Uh, we have got um, one question that we discussed before coming on, on to the show about relationship building, because PR is really about relationship building. So let's uh, say that you already had that journalist. He interviewed you once. What do you do next? How do you approach them with another story or how do you continue building that relation? That's a great question, too. Um, so understand that relationship building does not end from like when the journalist writes your story and it gets published. In fact, that's really when your work begins, because ideally it's an evergreen story. Maybe it's a story about like Mother's Day roundups, even then from here until eternity for as long as you're in business on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the socials you should schedule. We were in this Mother's Day roundup, tag the outlet, tag the journalist. Uh, certainly in the first week that the um, placement goes live, you want to promote it three times, at least on Twitter. Um, journalists tend to hang out the most on Twitter by far, and also on LinkedIn. Now. What's important to understand is that journalists are held to um, to KPI goals, key performance indicator goals, meaning um, how many views did your article get this month? How, how many social shares did it get? So when a journalist sees that you as a source or you as a PR rep of a source are continually promoting their placements on social, that uh, the editors notice that they notice that and they know that you like play the game so to speak which means that you're going to continue to promote their work uh like start retweeting stuff even if it isn't if it doesn't include you it shows that you are you know a committed partner or you know, in a relationship an online relationship via social media to promote their stuff and certainly promote all of the stuff that uh, you're included in and on an ongoing basis. Because if you don't, and if you only just promote it once or please don't promote it at all, like don't do that because they remember this and they are, in my experience, substantial experience, they are much more likely to work with sources that continually promote the content that they produce 
because it helps their KPIs. It makes them look better. It gives them more content to interact with on social. It helps their follower count. It's all like, this is relationship building in the digital world as it pretends to PR. And if you're not doing that follow-up, they're not going to put you on the short list of people that they want to work with in the future. In other words, it helps their cloud getting out there. And it also helps you. We talked about it a couple of times. Whenever you talk about other women, that's another strategy for your personal branding. It yep. is not taking power away from you. Enhancing other stories, other women's stories, other achievements is going to look good on you, reflect good on you. So please do that. Right. We have got a few minutes left till the end of our show. I know that I asked you already about your life lesson quote, and it was just do it when you talked about the content factory. Did it change? Is there any other quotation you would like to highlight during today's live stream? No, I, so just do it still, just to get, what are you waiting for? I'm older now than I was when I started this. So is everyone listening? You know, what, if you're waiting for a sign from the universe, like it's, let this be it because nobody's gonna knock on your door and be like, hey girl, did you get that started yet? Cause it could be great. You just haven't, you know? So I know that I said that last time. So uh, my answer this this session will be to take it one step further. If you can't do the whole thing, do part of the thing. Just like open up the tab and start the first sentence or create an outline or uh, make one extra step than you wouldn't have otherwise in whatever direction that you want to go in. Uh, as soon as this podcast ends, as soon as this video ends, just go do that one thing. You know what it is, that one thing that you've been putting off or like, oh, I just don't know how to get started. Just go start it and give yourself maybe 15 minutes to start that thing. And I bet you'll find that you spend maybe an hour, maybe more. And now you got that fire, right? Because now you've started it. Absolutely. You started it and be brave with your comments. Look at um, Carrie and look at uh, our favorite uh, person um, influencing our work, Cindy Gallup. They definitely have got the spark. They are lit. Is there any book that you would like to recommend that you think uh, that would help you at the beginning of your career? The Power of Habit was a really good one. I'm afraid I might have mentioned that last time, but it's still my go-to. You would not believe how just like cha changing some things just a little bit can lead to major changes in your life. And the more you start thinking about it, the more you start acting on it. And it's the whole like law of attraction situation. And it, it, it works you too could have your own version of Cindy Gallup as a client. You just need to like go follow that person figuratively on LinkedIn. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, Curry, uh, you talked about how you got um, Cindy on board. Uh, how did you prepare her for media appearances or for that SEO uh, process? 
we did not work with her in any PR capacity. She is working with a separate PR agency on that. We worked with her solely in an SEO capacity. And it started with identifying uh, key areas of opportunity for her website and areas of improvement and, you know, developing the strategy and then executing on that strategy from there. Consistently all the time. Carrie, last time we talked about pandemic being over and inviting any person in the world to go anywhere in the world. You talked about Antarctica, Antarctica and taking with you uh, Oprah Winfrey. Is there yeah. any new dream, new objective for Kari? Uh, if I could, uh, so my mom died when I was 22. Uh, if I could, I would bring her back to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That was the destination of uh, one of her first plane rides ever is to drop me off in college and just catch up on how things are in the afterlife and what I've been up to since she's been gone. That would be like an ideal situation for me. That's a beautiful, uh, beautiful coming back to memories and uh, remembering those who are not with us. People do not buy goods and services, they buy relations, stories and magic, as Seth Godin says. Um, this is a perfect, perfect summary for our today's show. We have this relationship since we've been together on Positivity Hug Delivered. Thank you so much, Gary, for being such a lovely guest. It's been a marvelous uh, round coming back together. Beata, it's always wonderful to, to chat with you. Fabulous. And next week, my dear viewers, we are going to have um, our lovely French lady, Vanessa Marcy, is going to talk about how humor can make you a better leader. Remember to tune in, click, click that button to be reminded about a live stream coming together. Carrie, um, if you uh, would like to give a last word on PR for our ladies, apart from uh, just do it, what would it be? Uh, if you have imposter syndrome, odds are you probably do. <laughs> uh, don't let that get in the way of, I don't want to say living your best life because it's so cliche, but don't let that get in the way of you climbing the ladder to the top because like, You've worked hard for every bit of experience and expertise that you have. Own it, get the next bit of it, and keep climbing because great things are up there. As always, our positivity quote comes from positive thinking only and goes, look for something positive in each day, even if some days you have to look a little harder. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude as Maya Angelou says, today is your day to hack the future, hack the positivity you want. Thank you.